So are we like technically now recording? Or yeah. Welcome to the Everyday Journey podcast. I'm your host, Vasily Mazin, coming at you from Puerto Vallarta, Mexico. I continue interviewing people who are outstanding in some way, casting a spotlight on one character at a time. My guest today is a Mexico native, a designer, a world traveler, and a blogger. He runs a business online that allows him to be location independent. I present to you, Sergio Sala. So yeah, so we met in Mexico. I knew about you from your online stuff. You managed to somehow build a presence, even though you don't uh, broadcast in English so much. But Mm. because of my personal interest in the Spanish language, I knew that you existed. You did some things, and I signed up for your retreat. uh, And we spent a week near Sayulita, Mm. in Guayabitas, where nine people came together and worked remotely or try to learn some new things. This is how we met, just for our listeners to give some context. Who are you, Sergio? <laughs> how do you present yourself to the world? All right. So, well, first, thank you for inviting me to this interview. And also, thank you for assisting to the Beach War Mexico retreat. Uh, and it's funny because, yeah, like everything that I do mainly is in Spanish, but I get some audience from all around the world people who like to speak Spanish or like right now I'm trying to make some stuff in English so I'm having a mix of both yeah as you just said I like I'm a designer web designer in doing this. I said you were designer a world traveler and a blogger <laughs> that's what I, I, I call myself a designer writer and a nomad nomad but I think I like world, world traveler better Oh, yeah. What's your opinion on the nomad uh, term? Is it used too much now? <laughs> I have an article about it. it I think um, most of the people in the nomad scene, they're most, I'm not saying everyone, but they're like the lifestyle sellouts, the marketers, like net, it looks like a network marketing scheme on, mm. on most mm-hmm. of the people that I see. And again, I'm not saying that everyone. But that's why I don't like the term that much. And really, not everyone should be a nomad. Not everyone should be traveling like every single day. As some people think that's the lifestyle. She just said, well, travel it sounds so much better. Yeah, it sounds uh, more um, prestigious. Yeah, yeah uh, the, the thing is what, what I was saying that it's not about checking the whole world, like the 193 countries. It's about going to places that you want to actually be but also you can be in one place and be in a semi-nomad like that's why i don't like the term like it just tag everyone into do you travel or not but it's not really the end goal of everything yeah yeah can we uh, define for everyone uh, what it takes to be a digital nomad uh, if if we go back to this term you have to have a, a source of income yeah Maybe you don't even need to have a job if you already saved a bunch of money. You just want to do fun stuff on Instagram. You can still be a digital nomad. Well, there's two normal categories for people who go around the world. There's the the traveler, just like a simple traveler that goes for a vacation for one week. There's the expats that stay already a long time, almost long term, mm-hmm. in one place. And in the middle, we have digital nomads. 
and it's, it's only it's people that that travel to places to I don't know like three months or as long as the visa can let you stay. Usually, visa yeah. uh, limits term, you. The, yeah, the term is yeah. how long you're gonna stay. Mm -hmm. So, in that sense, that's the main definition of them. But it's also anywhere anyone who can work online. So it can be an entrepreneur. It can be someone who works remotely, and it can even be people who just go to a place and work in uh, there, like they work in a hotel or whatever, like in the city that they go. So it's very. You mean work for the hotel? Yeah, like people who work abroad, like go somewhere yeah. and work, work abroad. That's why, like, it's so vague that there's no real definition of the digital nomad itself. Yeah, and and people who I think who listen to my podcast are not digital nomads necessarily uh, but I think this term became mainstream enough that people have a vague idea of what it can be but all you have to do is the desire to travel right? Yeah. and then and then everything kind of supports that lifestyle uh, whether you save whether you take a vacation whether you take your job with you it's up to you how you do this but what you have to you need to want to travel uh, that's, that's what makes you makes you a nomad being a, mm. being a nomad at home it probably Mm, Only in your true. dreams, in, in in your head, you can be right. Yeah. Uh, so here we are in in Mexico. Tell me a little bit about um, how you grew up, where, and and what led you to becoming a world traveler. Mm. Mm. I'm, I'm originally from Tabasco, which is Tabasco, Mexico. For people that not, don't know, I always say like the they, sauce. They think the sauce is from Mexico. Yeah. <laughs> but it's actually from Louisiana. Exactly. But that's the easiest way to say to people, I'm from Tabasco, like the sauce, I'm like, oh yeah. <laughs> and it's true. Yeah. Not like the sauce, but you're from Tabasco. Yeah, I'm from Tabasco, mm -hmm. was born there, lived there for all my childhood, but then I studied somewhere else, which is Puebla, Mexico, and my first time abroad, it was in Italy. I did an Erasmus. Uh, like Erasmus uh, is like a year of studying abroad or something? Yeah. Erasmus, it's mainly known in Europe. So people who are in Europe, uh, they're they're like um, studying somewhere else. They're Erasmus. So I was I was studying there for a year, and that's when the travel bug beat me. You know, like I said, like hey, I need I need to travel because I love that I went everywhere in Europe so easy with Ryanair and all these air flights. You think it's uh, it was um, you can describe your experience as a Mexican in it in Italy like as something special you know, or it was it was very special for me because it was the first time that i actually went outside mexico and i said man this is, this is awesome like traveling is awesome <laughs> <laughs> and i knew that i wanted that but i studied architecture i came back to mexico finished the career and well i, I tried an architect studio for a year it, it failed and I came back to one of my old You educated to be an architect? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm an architect like by profession. I have my... my Certificate you can put on the wall in your office. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But no, uh, all around, like since I was 14 years old, I was coding and creating web designs just as a, as a hobby. I learned by myself. I'm a self-taught designer. I'm always doing like small projects. So when I came back and the this, this studio failed, I needed to do something. And I realized, like, wait a minute, I can do web design as a profession. Like, I can be a freelance, which is a term that I didn't even know at that time. Since the very beginning, I niched down to architects. So I went with architect studios and said, hey, I'm a, I'm a designer. I'm also an architect. I can make your architect studio. Like, we can do it together. And 
that one client paid me and I was like, whoa, this is awesome. And I got a second one, a third one, and just going on and on till I realized that I just needed a laptop to work. <laughs> and just it just blew my mind. Like, Because until that point, you would go back to your office, sit down. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, it was... At the desktop computer or something. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, when I had the architect studio, we had a, a like an office. So we, we, we had a place to be. But then when I uh, started doing the freelance stuff, it was at, at home. Well, I was visiting several cities where I knew some architects, but it was mainly at home. And I was like, wait, I just need a laptop. So I can be anywhere. Let's travel, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's when I became unofficially a digital nomad because I didn't know the term. Like, I was a digital nomad before it was mainstream. That's what so, I said to people. <laughs> so you, you can brag that you didn't uh, buy into the hype. You just sort of um, were a natural Yeah, I was, I, I, was, I was lucky that I that I had this chance a long time ago. We're talking about almost six years ago. Mm-hmm. And that's when I decided, oh, let's work and travel. And I went, the first place that I went was Peru, Lima, Peru. I did a social project there with uh, ISEC, which is a company that helps tra- uh, students and and early like early workers to to get work abroad and all that stuff. It was a pretty cool project in Lima. And then I said, wait, I can I can do this like more and more. So I went to play El Carmen, which is in in Mexico. Now a famous uh, yeah, working but, remotely but spot. At that time, I remember there was only one co-working space, Nest, which is a pretty cool one. And I met the owners, like we were very few people. And the, the uh, foreigners that I met, they were already like digital nomads. They were saying, hey, are you a digital nomad? And I, this is the first time <laughs> that I heard the term. Right? Okay. And I'm like, oh, no. man. In, in Spanish, uh, nomada digital. Nomada digital. Is it already like also normal to use nomada digital? Yeah, yeah. Now, now it's getting normal. I think with your help. With yeah. Your, uh, <laughs> yeah, but the the thing is, I when I started traveling, I started writing also a blog, mainly because I wanted to get all my ideas of having an unconventional life because nobody was understanding what I was doing. It was, it was a little bit like, hey, like let's not stay in the nine to five and let's try to do what we want and this is this is how I started this blog meanwhile I was traveling and making my own freelance business and eventually started to grow and I also started to grow in the sense of what I wanted with this blog and I changed from like like let, let's get out of the conventional path and I went to the digital nomad world like straight to it because I realized that I, I was a, a digital nomad so I decided to put my, all my blog on that on that sense, like writing about how to travel. I don't know. I, I've been to several places. For example, Playa del Carmen. I did like a review of what are the co-working spaces, how's the Wi-Fi, like in Starbucks. You wrote about it, yeah, yeah, on, yeah on, your, wrote, on your personal blog. Mm-hmm. My personal blog, personal blog, started to become more of a of a how to travel and live anywhere, like a lifestyle. Um, blog for uh, travelers and people who want to work yeah. uh, remotely mm-hmm. and that's how like I got distraction on, on both things on, on my freelance and then also with the blog so eventually both merge because I like the niche that I have first was architects and designers and stuff like that but then I realized that I was a online entrepreneur and I had some friends who were also like that and they hired me 
And since I got like the very first client, which is a friend from Mexico, I realized that that was my niche. Like working with online entrepreneurs was my thing because I was one and I knew how to help them as a designer. So I changed, like I removed all the uh, portfolio work that I have from other um, projects, like the architects, and I went only with online entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. And I think this is an important tip for those who, who are listening. Uh, specializing can really help you uh, get a lot more um, sort of work-life balance and happiness with what yeah. you do, right? So you hid the other parts that you didn't want to work on anymore, yeah. and you only left what you wanted to continue with. That's, yeah. that's what I say to people. I had a workshop about how to be a better freelance. And the very first thing that I said to people is that when they show the portfolio to others, it's not about what have you done. It's not only the past work, it's actually the future work that you're going to have. So you got to choose carefully which projects you're going to show to the, your potential clients because you might get those type of, of work. So mm-hmm. always choose correctly. I wanted to talk about the identity of, of being a Mexican because being in, in the United States, Mexicans are viewed as, as one thing, you know, and, and then you're kind of helping to break the stereotype about what people in Mexico and, and South America can do, that can be qualified to do, and, and you know, you're traveling, you're doing the, definitely white-collar uh, work. White collar, you know what it means. No. So blue collar is is when you work in a factory. You know you fix cars and you know, thing. And white collar is when you work in an office. Yeah. <laughs> it's your color of your of your shirt. Oh, okay. you know? So you think there's there's something like there's a, a little bit of a mission also that you bring with you in Spanish, like by spreading this information and inspiring people. That this space is occupied by. Americans, Canadians, Europeans, <coughs> and Australians, right? Mostly. And South Americans, they're either a little bit uh, shy about it, maybe they don't know about it, maybe they, they, they have limits in their heads, because I don't see uh, that many, you know. So what can you say about that? Well, that's interesting. First of all, I want to clarify that when you say South American, it's not Mexico, because... <laughs> It's, well, it's, it's different. Latin America, maybe. Latin I'll, I'll America. Clarify myself. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, but I, I say that to a lot of people too, that they usually don't get the difference between Mexico and Mexico South America. Mexico is North America, okay, we can agree on that. <laughs> Mexico is North America, but when you say Latin America, you say uh, the, the countries that speak Spanish inside of, of America. Mm-hmm. Anyway, just, just to note that. Yes. And on your question, it's a little bit hard. Like, I've been writing for a while and making community, but there's still a lot of um, resistance. Like people don't think it's possible, and there's we're still a few, and it's really hard to actually tell them, "Hey, you can do it." Like, and it's all about how we've been taught in politics and society. And like, most people already in America, uh, or well, most of the nomads are in America, like like the states. And when 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 you think about Spanish, like it's just a few of them, but it's so hard. Like I I try my best, and I tell them, hey, you can do it. I'm just I'm making a guide about how to, how to create your your first work. But you have a course, yeah. uh, in Spanish mm. about what uh-huh. is it called? What's the title? Uh, travel and work anywhere. Uh-huh. And in Spanish, it will be. Trabaja y viaja donde sea. Mm-hmm. That's the. It's the name of the course, and specifically in Spanish, and and you do it in, in Spanish because it's your native language, mm-hmm. and also, but you think it's on purpose uh, that you didn't do it in English because you could? It's mainly because 
I want to help people in Spanish. That was the idea at first. But now I'm like in a shift that I may, may do everything in English, but I will still leave some courses in Spanish for people who want to learn. Um, mm -hmm. So to continue on, on this line of thought, um, people were trained to, by, by politicians, by society, to not get out of their uh, sort of boundaries. Mm -hmm. And, and you're, you're helping break that? Was it... Did, did, was it the process of breaking out for you, or for you it was just like naturally like just start uh, working on, on your laptop, in the cafe, somewhere else in Mexico, somewhere else in the world? For me it was natural, like I never wanted to work for someone. Mm -hmm. And I always was like a, uh, like a rebel mind, like I always was against what is normal, right? Yeah. So, That's what I wanted since the beginning. And also a little bit of impulse from my college, like the university that I studied, they were always teaching you like be an entrepreneur, like their tagline is entrepreneur culture. So you can, that, that is, explains a lot. And that, that's, that's the main reason. I never felt like working nine to five was for me. Like I always wanted to be like free. That's like my main value freedom mm -hmm. so I tried my best and I'm luckily with this web design thing it was quick for me you know that's what I tell people like you try to find something that is easier for you and usually it's freelance like the quickest way to to start getting traction of course it's easier for people who uh, already have something that they can sell as a service uh, on, online and uh, if, if, if you are a bar manager or something like that and that's your main strength and uh, that, that you would have to get creative to transform your like oh, I don't I, know. everyone can give any service and you can use what we call like skill transformation for example the bartender might be good with communicating with people or like PR stuff like that and social mm -hmm. media you know like whatever you you have learned you can use it and transform it to a skill that you can sell as a service did you come up with a formula in your course to help people transform and transfer their skills well it's just a couple of questions like what mm -hmm. have you done before and how can you translate it to a skill you can sell it's like pretty simple steps that you can be a freelance like anyone anyone can be a freelance with the the, the low the easiest the most accessible thing of course is to uh, do anything related to websites mm. uh, marketing writing design there, coding there are some essential skills that I, that I call that I call that you can start to like the first question that I ask like have you done something can you transform transform that and if you haven't then just go for these useful essential skills like SEO uh, social media um, copy copy like anyone wants wants copy a better copy and yeah like web design how to create landing pages and all the stuff like uh, mail like marketing email marketing there's several stuff that you can like just learn just google or just do a youtube search and you learn them by yourself and then just so. yeah i think a lot of people still need some hand holding they need someone to, to to tell them okay this is a good idea this is not such a good idea you know mm. um give some tasks uh, to mm. do maybe with your course because um, you you invite people to communicate with you right the course is not just uh, watch my video and and do your own thing no. right no i created a small uh slack channel so we can communicate and get feedback and all stuff so it's 
like I gave them some videos, some steps, a foundation on how, how to start, and then I just uh, check on everyone like how they're doing and if we can do it better. Stuff like that. Yeah, and which leads me to my next question here. In what are some ways to create a community uh, online or in real life? I think you have some kind of a good wave going with community building. Mm. Uh, you're part of different communities yourself. Yeah. Uh, so what are some things you've learned? Well, that's something that I like a lot because one of the main reasons that I started blogging was about creating a community. Like, I love meeting people anywhere. So the main thing to create a community is find uh, a shared interest like whatever you and there's so many things so you can like it can be skateboarding for example it can be also like niching down for example online entrepreneur like web design for online entrepreneurs rather than a big broad web design you know like it can be niche down as much, much as, as you can or you can find more people in the same mindset uh, and then like you can start something like like create a a blog, a YouTube channel, whatever, or you can just go search all of the communities that are already, so you can either make uh, your own friends in that community or go to events like the Beach War Mexico, for example, or like so many events right now of, of anything, so... But um, let's uh, sort of investigate the concept of community. So back in the day, before the internet, community was uh, mm. meeting in the church, or yeah. maybe meeting in a town square, uh, meeting in a town hall. Uh, family gets together for a, a holiday, a birthday, or something like that, a celebration. So today, it doesn't mean that, especially in a, in, in a world traveler mode, uh, you, you don't attend the same thing every Sunday. Mm. Um, <laughs> you don't invite people, the same people to dinner every Thursday, or, or what, whatever it may be. So, uh, where do the communities live uh, online? Like, what are some ways uh, to maintain and, and have the sense that community exists, that it's not just a concept? Mm. Mm. So, for you, it's a blog, and do you allow comments on your blog? No, no I used okay. to. You used to, okay, you removed no. the comments. Why did you remove the comments? Because they were taking long to read and answer, and I, I don't have like time for that. And especially because I wanted to be like a one-on-one communication or email. Mm -hmm. like so you invite people to, to talk to you um, via yeah, email. Do yeah. you feel like it's a community still? But yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, I really like it because every time that I write something, like gets at least twenty or thirty like answers, and I get to reply them all. Mm -hmm. And it's also about having just one place to communicate. You know, because it's hard like, having all those. Platform, like so you have Slack also, that's another community, like sort of a meeting spot? So, the, yeah, like the only two main ways to to get to talk to me is like email and Slack. For example, Twitter, I also block the, the message. Direct messages. Uh -huh. And Instagram, I also have been thinking about not putting them. Just I'm just doing it right now, but I think eventually, because if you get more and more messages, like start blocking everywhere. Not not to to say that, that I'm better than others, but just to f have somewhere that I know that I can communicate with people, you know? Mm -hmm. For me, Slack is the first one. Slack, though, is a closed community, so not anyone, everyone can, can get into your Slack and talk to you. That's, and, but that's what I think, like, 
for example, Twitter has become, I, I love, love Twitter, but it has become like a place that everyone can troll you or we have Trump doing their, his tweets. Like People can uh, make up a screenshot of you saying something on Twitter also, and yeah. share this. <laughs> yeah, John, John O'Nolan from Ghost, he was, he was saying also like, people are gonna move from all these platforms to more private ones because it's like uh, faster and better to communicate with people. So it can be like, as Peter was saying, as Peter Levels was saying, Telegram, maybe. I'm, I'm going to check it. Maybe I'll, I'll use it too. But I prefer like private and segregated communities because you can actually uh, have a better communication. Twitter, everywhere is, everyone is there. So there are different mindsets. All yeah. like, I'd say Twitter is, is, is better for broad, global broadcast and also customer service. Like mm. if, you, if you have a problem with your cable company, you can go on Twitter and, and, and sort of shame them publicly so they, it's in their interest to yeah. run to you and fix it. Uh, exactly. Uh, no, that's true. That's true. That's what I use Twitter mainly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I stopped posting on Twitter some time ago. So once in a while, I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll retweet something. Yeah, that's true. You just tag like a, I don't know, an airline and say, hey, just... Yeah, it was it wasn't the best service, and they they tried to reply or stuff like that, yeah, or, yeah, yeah. or banks. So I don't know. Right, right. right. Especially yeah, when you're an influencer, you can get a lot uh, mm. done through, through Twitter. Yeah, that's true. Um, so okay, so and and in real life, uh, do you maintain a, a, some kind of a sense of community that's around your name brand or around your interests? It depends on where I am, because <laughs> I move a lot. But anywhere I am. Because I also stay for at least one month or maybe... That's your general rule? Stay one yeah, month somewhere? Well, my, I would love three months each place, but it's hard, really. Um, because I have, there's several places that I want to see, you know, old visa and all the stuff. For example, Europe, I would love to, love to stay, I don't know, three months in Italy, but that's the whole time that I have. In, in all of Europe? In Europe, yeah. the uh -huh. Schengen visa. Maybe so. it's worth it. Yeah. yeah, so that's the hard part. So, But yeah, ideally three normally one to two so wherever I go I'll try to meet anyone who is there like you just saw here in Puerto Vallarta there was a friend and that we met in the Slack channel and I just wanted to meet her yeah this uh, lady from, from yeah, Canada from Canada Melissa mm -hmm. from a creative class channel from Paul Jarvis mm -hmm. and it was just the reason was meeting because we were in the same place. Hey, what's up? Like, let's catch up and all the stuff. Instagram, possibly, right? Uh, how did you know you were around? Well, yeah, actually, that's the. I was I was changing the location everywhere, like in Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. But I'm already tired, and I'm saying the same just to use one place. So I'm just updating Instagram right now where where I am. Mm -hmm. Like, used to have the Twitter location, but I also remove it. So the only place I, I have where I am is, is the Instagram, and I also post the pictures and all the stuff. So people can can also write me, hey, I'm here, all the stuff. So you, so you used to uh, update your uh, Facebook location. Also. Uh, I, I never do that. <laughs> I'm always in, in New York. Yeah, yeah mm -hmm. I, well, I do. It's, it's, cause it's, it's different personas, like Facebook is more friends. So or like high school friends yeah it depends it's now it's a mixed bag huh? yeah, like everyone is there but I'm also trying so what I do with Facebook is I only accept people that I know like I have all my high school high school friends and then some people that I already know face to face or sexy people <laughs> no I don't do that anymore. <laughs> but 
like only if it's someone that I know, like that I met personally, I accept it on Facebook. Yeah. If not, there's like a lot of uh, people that I they just add me like it's this guy. I'm not not gonna add. Yeah, they add. can follow you, I think, without. Yeah, you, they can follow not, now, yeah. but not not really a friend request. Yeah. And then Instagram, it's where I just post all my pictures. So I love taking pictures and where I am. And Twitter is just some random thoughts that I have or complaining mm-hmm. on others. And yeah. that's like... What People engage in t- on Twitter? Uh, yeah, they they used to, I mean, they do. Yeah. They, they used to when I was more constant, but now that I'm less, it's just... One, one or two people as I usually complain on Twitter like <laughs> I, get, yeah. I get responses yeah 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 um, so recently I saw um, one n- new digital nomad uh, who has a bit of a community and following before he became that uh, declared that he, is, he was going to travel forever like he said guys I've decided I'm from starting from tomorrow I'm going to travel for the rest of my life and I never stop um, this guy is Yusuf uh, he's, he calls himself a crypto yogi so he became this crypto influencer but he's also a really good designer uh, he's based in I- Ireland before I mean, now he's based God knows where so Yusuf I forget his last name a shout out to you if you're listening <laughs> but anyway so he became a crypto guy and, you know, and now he declared that he's going to travel forever 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 That's the, yeah. how, how old is this guy? maybe uh, late 20s yeah late 20s so what do you think about that and what's your what's your plan on traveling constantly well that's the main question that I got always like how long are you gonna travel like what's the I don't have an answer to that also if if this guy says so I mean that's cool but I don't know if he actually gonna do so yeah well, no one can predict the future yeah, no one it's... but it's an interesting concept too because you can say the same thing you know like from now on, I'm gonna, uh, you know, do interesting things forever until I die, and people are gonna be like, "Cool, mm-hmm. I believe you." You know, yeah. you're gonna do interesting things. You know, uh, you can say, uh, "From now on, I'm going to have a family until I die." You know, and people say, "Cool, that's that's great." But if you say, "I'm going to travel like a nomad forever," people are like, oh. and "That's that's like makes you feel almost." Like makes you question things, you know. Am I doing something right? Is he so brave that he mm. can do that? Mm. You know. Uh, as, you, as you just said, like no one can predict the future. There are several things that could happen. First thing, burnout. Like he might be tired of the travel. Also, you gotta. Oh, we need to understand how long will he travel. But let's say for my case, um, all these questions. Like someone asked me, yeah, how long are you gonna travel? I will respond with some questions, not for the person who asked me, but for myself, like uh, saying like, yeah, I don't know, because what if I find someone, like I fall in love and we say, hey, let's go stay somewhere and start a family. What if I get tired of traveling? What if I found a pretty awesome spot to actually live in, right? Mm-hmm. What if I, like, there's a lot of what if I, like, but right now as we're recording this I'm in the moment of I want to be anywhere mm-hmm. but doesn't mean that I will be my whole life like that are you committed to something to an idea or a style of, of living I'm, I'm just testing like, <laughs> like mm-hmm. you're committed to, to experimentation right now yeah like for example I, I'm, I'm doing the one one back traveling one bag one back mm-hmm. I mean one 
Actually, right now I have two, but yeah. essentially it's one because the second one is it's, all. You can pack it inside of the bigger one. No, no. The second one is the the tech stuff, like because I'm starting to make videos. So, uh, yeah. so I just bought a big design backpack, which is pretty awesome. But it was just recently. I was using just a Minal, which I love Minal. That's the backwards. Uh, you can unzip it from the front. Yeah, like they has the. I mean, people won't if they hear. They won't understand what we're saying. Go to what? What, what website is Minal, that? Minal, M I N A A L, which I love those guys. Uh, there's two New Zealand dudes, pretty uh -huh. awesome guys. Minal. So, so you were with just this? Webpack. Yeah. So I was using that for a while, and I just added the second one, but it's only like tech, which is funny because it seems like I have more tech stuff than clothes. But I'm saying this because I might get tired of using the same clothes and the same stuff every time, you know? Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. the... So I want to keep doing this for a while. Like, I have a... I may... I have, like, a small project that I may do or not, like, traveling 12 places in one year, meaning one each month, that readers can decide where. So if I do so, it will be the same, just traveling with one bag. But I know that I won't do that my whole life. Also, Johannes, the founder for Noma Cruz, said something. He was right. Like, if we are not that much as traveler as the backpackers, why do we have, why do we have to carry less? You know, you stay in a place ah, yeah. three it's months. Ah, yeah, that's a good point. It's a good point. You stay in a place three months. Like, why don't we just get more stuff that we can actually change clothes? I can. Like, I can tell you, know? you. My point is that. I like I'm subscribed to the minimalist movement you know I like to have mm. only the important things and I see how how low I can go how much I can get away with how many uh, shirts and stuff like that uh, you know how many changes of clothes do you need uh, and I st still think I have it a little bit too much but I pack everything in the backpack I outgrew it to have also a messenger bag because if I put everything in my backpack including my laptop and everything everything it becomes just just so heavy and I mean maybe it, it looks uh, not as heavy, but when someone tries to <laughs> move it for me or something, they, they, like, the, the reaction is always like, what do you have in there? Like, what, why is it so heavy? Uh, well, I, I decided to be also a minimalist before being a nomad, actually. Uh, it was a per personal preference, even in my design, my design work and even architecture, I've been always loving the, the minimalist, um, I don't know, like uh, mindset. But uh, it also depends on the clothing. It depends, like how much you need on on where you're gonna live. Like you stay for a place around six months, so you, you can buy more more clothes if you actually need them. You don't have to have like way way too less if you actually need more. But then if you travel often, which like one two months traveling each time, then then you actually need less because the stuff that you carry, they they eventually. Uh, take a lot of hustle, you know, like to, mm -hmm. to to travel with them. So everyone's different, and also minimalist is not about having less. It's about having the things that you actually need. Yeah, yeah. So it's not about having fifteen possessions. You know? I think it's it's good practice to once in a while when you have a, a place longer term, take out all the things from your backpack, go through everything, and ask about yourself about each item. Do I love it? Do I need it? Mm. Yeah. Like, how does it make me feel? And yeah. how useful is it is yeah. it to me? Right? Yeah. And and also, I think when you buy a new item such as a T-shirt, as a general rule, I have like you have to 
donate or throw away one mm. item from, from, yeah. from the oldest one that you don't yeah. need anymore. Yeah, I've yeah. been doing that a lot. <laughs> My mom doesn't like it. Oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> but so. everywhere I go, I always donate because I don't have the space, you know? But sometimes I buy things that I need in that moment. Just with this beach or Mexico retreat, I had to buy, like, the... Like, tank top? Yeah, uh, tank sure. top, just mm -hmm. because I need it for the beach. But I know that tomorrow... I you you might throw it away. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I don't need it later. Um, I have noted down here um, the topic of finding work. Um, maybe you can give uh, people some ideas on how how they can overcome this block. Like, oh, I know, yeah, I, I, I can do stuff, but I don't know how to find the right clients and stuff like that. Mm. Maybe we can just dig deeper into the fundamentals of this. Uh, Um, but as a freelancer? As a freelancer, or, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. so it, it's a lot of, it's a broad topic, you know, we can yeah. also just have a, a separate episode about it, but there's several things as the very first thing I said in the start of this podcast is about niching down, which that helped me and it will help everyone because there's so many... Specializing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. no, there's so many freelancers right now or everywhere, like, I don't know, let's say... Right now we have one million freelancers, right? Mm -hmm. How they're gonna hire you? I guess the ninety-nine, freelancers, right? Yeah. You had to niche down, specialize on something, so potential clients understand that you're the right person. You're like the go-to person. That's the that's the goal as a freelancer. So how do you do that? Niching down or special specializing in something, meaning that. Uh, making my example, I, I'm a I'm a designer. So if if I explain it further, uh, what I tell to clients or potentials is that I'm a designer that specializes on Genesis framework inside WordPress. That works with online entrepreneurs that ones that have been doing this for one to two years already, and they already sell something and they want to get more uh, signups, conversions, and more sales. Mm -hmm. So that's like my whole... Uh -huh. uh, so, so which is a part technical, the platform, and then part uh, sort of value mm -hmm. um, building, increasing conversions, right? Yeah, mm -hmm. so that, that, that's the main important thing because the client that I'm looking for is someone who wants to get more sales. It's not someone who wants to make his website beautiful, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Beautiful thing, it comes after. Right. The idea is to how to get more sales. So, and then I tell them that I use Genesis framework because some people who already know about uh, online stuff they know this this uh, framework, and that also like makes makes it more narrow. Like, mm -hmm. it, and if you don't have Genesis yet, you uh, suggest yeah, that I, you bring it. Uh, yeah, I, I provide it, but also uh, people who don't know Genesis framework is like. They won't hire me because they don't, they don't know it, and that's okay because I'm filtering out people who actually know more about online stuff. So, I know the client that I want, and and I know what they're looking for. So I try to put like taglines or keywords for these kind of people. 
And that's what I that, that, like. There's Where do you put these keywords? Yeah. No, like in my portfolio ah, okay, uh, I see, I see. on like on some blog posts. That's for SEO as well as when people uh, come across your website and read your bio, they they, mm-hmm. they pick up mm-hmm. on that. Uh-huh. And that, that that's that's there's so many advantages of niching down. Like you understand your client, you know how to find them. You can even go to the places that they go like physically. I don't know. Uh, for me, as also making the same example, I go to these events like uh, World Domination Summit, or which is a lot of entrepreneurs. That's an, that's an event in Portland made mm-hmm. by Chris Gillibu, if, if nobody knows about it. But I go to the events where online entrepreneurs go because I I find someone who might need my 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 work. Mm-hmm. By networking in that event, you find people. Uh, enough people right yeah. to, to, to just, make good context just make another example so people understand I don't know you're good on, on finances right and you're a web designer so what if you go to a finance um, event conference or something yeah conference whatever you might be the only one that is a designer in that in, in that mm-hmm, event mm-hmm. among the financial yeah, people yeah uh, so you, you might get a client uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? That's that's that's, that's so place yourself where your potential customers are. Exactly. And that's not so difficult to find so, those places. Yeah. So yeah. what I'm saying about that is don't don't only go to web design events. You're just gonna find. I see. I see. Other sh- other people like you. Yeah. You're just gonna find friends, mm-hmm. and you don't need that. I mean, you do, but you don't need that for your for your to business. To grow your business. Yeah. yeah. And go where your your people, your potential clients that you already did a research and find your your niche. Mm-hmm. They go where they are and it will be easier to get clients. Yeah, and it will be your business expense too. When you do taxes in, mm, in, also. in the US, you go to this old world conference, world domination and yeah. style conferences, <laughs> and uh, you can just use them as a tax write off. So that's is good. Uh, I'm actually learned something from this answer myself, uh, <laughs> even though we've been talking about this stuff for the last few days. Um, okay. So at, at this stage, um, I want to thank you for dedicating a little bit of your time to talk to me, and maybe this it's, it's a jump start in a small way to your English uh, yeah. <laughs> language content. Oh, thank you. Well, because I'm, yeah, I'm right now. I'm in a shift in that I might just do like English content now, like maybe some YouTube channels, and. So yeah, th- well, thank you for inviting me. And if anyone wants to know more, like, you just Google my name, Sergio Sala, which is awesome. I'm the first one always. And there you can find anything about me, about my my Instagram, about my blogs, my po- my posts. Eventually, the YouTube channel, like everything, will be translated in English. So it might get a, a bigger audience that anyone can actually listen. And hear what I try to do because my main goal is making a, a connected world. People can be anywhere and making their own independent work. So it's actually for anyone who wants to be like that. Not just people who speak English as a native language, but in yeah, the world, yeah, 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 yeah. But good. I think you got it going, uh, going well. It's a, it's a good idea all around. So thank you again. Muchas gracias. Y hasta, hasta luego. Hasta la próxima. <laughs>